may or may not be all that into politics. You may or may not be following the presidential election saga as it continues. But whether you're following six news channels and reading four blogs a day or just waiting for someone to let you know how it all shakes out, we all want to know who's going to be in control. Even foreign countries want to know who's going to be in control, who's going to rule. And not just for all the nefarious reasons we're concerned about sometimes, but simply because of the ways that it affects them. You know, what happens here affects the whole world. Their economies, uh, national security, civil policies, markets, products, food supply, all kinds of things in all kinds of countries. Now again, I'm not saying this is all that people are eating, sleeping, and breathing right now, but they want to know. Now, this idea goes far beyond a, a presidential election. We always want to know who's in charge, who has the authority, who has the power. When we were kids, we tested the waters, right? How much control do I have? Who's really in charge? When it comes to our jobs, who's the boss, right? That's important. Honestly, in just about any dynamic, any relationship, any scenario that we find ourselves in, it's important to us. Who is in charge? Who is in control? Who has the power? Now, you might be thinking, nah, it, it doesn't really matter all that much to me. But listen, please understand that I'm not just saying that we're all so vain or selfish that we want to know who's at the top of the food chain. We all want to know, who do I go to when I'm in trouble? We all want to know, if something goes wrong, who can I turn to? If I feel threatened, who holds the position and the power to help me? Who's got the power to make a difference, and how are they going to use it? You see, one way or the other, we all care about who rules. Psalm 46 is another psalm for what we're going through, because whether we like it or not, whether we care a whole lot or not about it, we live in a country where we're all still waiting to hear the final answer to the question, who will rule. And Psalm 46 tells us who will rule. Now, will President Trump continue on for a second term? Will, will Joe Biden take the office? Well, we don't have that answer in Psalm 46, but we do have the ultimate and the final answer to the question, who will rule? Church, no matter who rules uh, the office or the assembly line, regardless of who rules City Hall or the halls of Congress, we can know with great confidence who ultimately rules. And we can be confident in his power, his authority, his ability, his motivation, and his methods. Psalm 46 breaks down pretty easily into three sections, verses 1 through 3, then verses 4 through 7, and finally verses 8 through 11. That's how the psalmist splits it up, and that's how we're going to split it up in this sermon as we look at these powerful descriptions of the God that we serve who ultimately will rule in every situation. So let's start with reading verses 1 through 3. Psalm 46 verses 1 through 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. So the first picture we see here shows us that God is on our side. God is on our side. Verse 1 shows us this picture of a reliable God who is on our side, a God who is always there, always ready to help, always able to help. 
God is a refuge for us. God is our strength. God is a very present help for us in times of trouble. This is who rules for us as those who trust in God. This psalm wants us to visualize God as a refuge, like an actual place where we run for safety. When we wonder in our minds, who will rule and how will they rule? This psalm should give us confidence that God is there for us, to help us. He's not against us. God is for us. He's on our side, so to speak. In this phrase, a very present help. It gives us the, the confidence that God is abundantly prepared to help. God is reliable and dependable. Some of us may have a good friend, a, a spouse or a family member that we love and trust and has helped us more than we can ever put into words maybe. But even that person is not always prepared to help. Even that person can let us down. Even that person can be in a situation themselves that prevents them from being able to help us. God is always there when you need him, a very present help in times of trouble. Man, when this is your God, it's no wonder the psalmist writes, we will not fear there at the beginning of verse 2. And no need to fear who might rule, who might come to power, or what they may do with that power. Ultimately, there is no need for fear because God is our refuge and our very present help in times of trouble. Look again at the powerful imagery used here in verse 2 and 3. It says, We will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. So landslides, hurricanes, earthquakes, certainly pandemics could be included here. These things that bring intense fear to so many, and for good reason, as those who belong to God, we will not fear. We do not need to fear because we know the one who ultimately rules in any and every situation. The message in these first few verses is clear. When the world is in a panic and things seem out of control, God is there for us like a, a shelter or a city of refuge, an abundant help in times of trouble, always there, always ready, always able. When we're going through times of trouble, we need to resist the temptation to assume that God has withdrawn from the situation and we need to run, we need to consciously run toward him, turn to him, run to him like a city of refuge. Think of it like this. People who lived outside the city walls in the Old Testament days, for example, had the fortified cities nearby as their refuge. Okay, they might live out in the countryside where their livestock could graze, but when trouble would strike, or when enemies were coming, they would run to the city. Now, why would we stand outside the fortress of God and think that we're safe simply because we say God is our fortress? We have a responsibility to go to the refuge for safety. So we must believe and trust that God is our refuge and strength to the point that we actually act on that belief. Turn away from fear and run to him. The second section of this psalm shows us that when we belong to him, God is by our side. When we belong to him, God is by our side. So he's on our side and he is by our side. He's with us. He's among us. This truth is visualized for us as a picture of life inside what the psalmist calls the city of God. Look at verses 4 through 7 of Psalm 46 now. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. 
God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. So the psalmist here describes a a river going through the city of God, a, a river that makes the inhabitants of the city glad. This imagery is a lot like the river described in Revelation 22 that flows through the city of God. It also sounds a lot like the river that flowed through the Garden of Eden. The psalmist's river, the river of Revelation 22, the the river in the Garden of Eden, each of these places are pictures of God with his people. The city of God, where this river flows, it's where God dwells. Psalm 46 makes that clear enough for us in verses 4 and 5 here. And, And since God is within that city, that city cannot be overcome by enemies, we're told. No crisis will bring it down. Look at the language of verse 6. Nations in an uproar, tottering kingdoms, things that would worry the world. God can say the word and the earth will melt. And verse 7 says, that God, that God right there, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Church, he's he's among us. He's by our side. Now wait, I I thought that was for the city of God. I I thought that's where he was. Yeah. Yeah. Where the river flows, where the water of life is, where God dwells. 2 Corinthians 6.16, Paul said, For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. He's with us. We are his dwelling place. He's by our side. Now, we need to understand how and when he is with us. You see, God was with his people in the Old Testament, too, but they were guilty many times of misunderstanding and thinking that God dwelled within them, with them, regardless of what they did or why they did it. <laughs> Jeremiah tried to help them with this. In Jeremiah chapter 7, I want to read verses 1 through 4. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter by these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words saying, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Jeremiah was telling them what God wanted them to hear. You can't just come in here to the temple and say, well, God is with us. This is the temple. He's always here. This lesson is still true today, and we need to learn from it. God dwells within us. He's among us, but not when we're unfaithful to him. But wow, when he's the love and the Lord of our lives, when we're living for him, this protector who is described as our strength and refuge in verse 1 is with us. Verse 7 said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. So does it really matter who's in the Oval Office then? Does it really matter who's in the governor's office? Does it really matter who has the authority at the workplace? When it comes to our hope and joy and salvation, these things don't make a difference. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. God has always wanted to be with us. He created mankind to be with him in the Garden of Eden. We messed that one up. But God still wanted to dwell with his people. A tabernacle and later a temple were built so that the presence of God will be with his people. 
That wasn't a final solution, though. God eventually sent his only son to dwell among us and to show us the way to the Father. Now, when we obey the gospel, we receive God's Holy Spirit to dwell within us. God is on our side, and God is by our side. And now, in the third and final section of this psalm, we see that God's side is the victorious side. Listen to verses 8 through 11. Come. Behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. In this section of Psalm 46, we read about how, the, how God's side is the victorious side. In fact, it says, look at this. <laughs> Notice this. Don't miss this. He writes, come, behold the works of the Lord. He brought about complete destruction where and on whom he has seen fit to do so. He's brought wars to screeching halts. He can destroy the weapons of armies so be still and know that I am God, the Lord says. Cease striving and know that I am God. Stop worrying and getting all worked up and anxious when things seem to be going wrong. Who's going to rule? Ultimately, it's going to be our God. He can start and stop anything he wants. He's working in the world right now to see that his purposes are carried out, that, that his will is accomplished here on the earth. And don't get me wrong, we have work to do for the Lord. But sometimes, sometimes... We're working where we shouldn't be working or how we shouldn't be working. Sometimes we're working our brain by stressing out. Sometimes we're working our sweat glands by being anxious about everything. Sometimes we're working so hard to find a way to force a situation, and by doing so, we end up forsaking a lot of the things that God expects us to be doing. Sometimes we need to go about our business, stay close to God, and watch what He does. Remember when the Israelites' backs were against the wall? <laughs> well, actually, they were against the Red Sea. But they worried. They grumbled. They lashed out at Moses. They were paralyzed with fear. They did a lot. But they shouldn't have been doing any of that. Instead, do you remember what Moses told them? In Exodus 14, verse 13, he said, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. They wanted to fear. And they were afraid to see what was going to happen to them. Moses had to tell them, don't fear, stand by and see what the Lord is about to do. This was a common problem for the Israelites. When something went wrong, they overreacted. They got mad. They got scared. They claimed, woe is me. They disrespected their leaders. They tried to figure out their own way of doing things. When they didn't have food, they panicked and they flipped out. When they spied out the promised land, they wimped out. They got scared and they thought that they ought to stone the ones who believed that they could take the promised land. They needed to not fear and they needed to see what the Lord would do. We need to do the same as the psalmist says here in the final section of Psalm 46, Behold the works of the Lord and cease striving and know that He is God. God's going to win. God's side is the victorious side. He will be exalted all over the world, verse 10 says. Who's going to rule? Well, it's not a question of who's going to take the power. God is ruling right now. He has ultimate power, ultimate authority, ultimate rule. The question is really who will we recognize as ruler? 
If we'll surrender our will and let God be in control, if we'll step back and behold the works of the Lord, we'll see that the Lord of hosts is with us. Let me close by saying this. Once again, I know not everyone is hanging on every headline about this presidential election. Some are just waiting for it to be over. But we all want to know who's going to rule in a variety of situations in life. Who has authority? Who has power? How will that power be used for me or against me? The ultimate ruler, the one who has all authority and all power, the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob, he is on our side. He is by our side, and his side is the victorious side. So turn to him in times of trouble and run to him like a city of refuge. Live faithfully to him, knowing that he dwells within us and is among us. He is by our side. And always know that he has the power to do it all, and he always wins. So be on and stay on his side, and you will be on the victorious side. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions about how to become a Christian how to be saved, how to have a reconciled relationship with God, I want to encourage you to go to our church website, liberty-christian.com, liberty-christian.com. And in the menu section there, uh, click on the good news, and you will have the good news laid out for you in an easy-to-read format. You can read it there in a text format, You can check it out there in a video format. You can check it out there in a slideshow format. But it's all just the basics, things that God says are life and death. Believe this and live. Do this and be saved. Don't do this and be condemned. Those kinds of things, those things that God makes abundantly clear in his word are necessities, are things that we have to do before we are considered saved in his mind. Those things are laid out for you right there on that page. And if after going through all that, you have further questions, I encourage you to reach out to us and we will give you Bible answers. You can also go to Facebook, Jake Brown Ministry. Reach out to me there with your your Bible questions, your questions about uh, salvation or or anything else. I'm happy uh, to try to help you in your journey.